everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Moreva. I'm the director of the show, and I'm here with our host, Robert Birch. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing pretty good today. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. we got a great great show this week. We do. We have a great movie to talk about. Um, so real quick, just to set up everything, this is the OETA Movie Club podcast. Uh-huh. It's the OETA Movie Club that airs on OETA, um, your statewide PBS station. Saturday nights at 9. Saturday nights at 9. And uh, this week we've got a great biopic, Love and Mercy, about Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys and his time while writing Pet Sounds. And it kind of uh, goes back and forth between the 60s and the 80s. 60s, he's writing Pet Sounds. In the 80s, he's dealing with a uh, a psychiatrist that's... Yeah, very shady. Yeah, very shady. That's and, dominating uh, his life. Yeah. So it's kind of about Brian Wilson and his struggles, if you will. I mean, I had no idea. You know, I didn't I, know I, the I, I like the music, but yeah. uh, I had no idea of the drama that's going on behind the scenes. Right. So this is from 2014. Um, it stars John Cusack, Paul Dano, um, Paul Giamatti, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Banks. Um, it's a great movie. It yeah. really is. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Pet Sounds because... I am a huge Beach Boys fan, uh-huh. um, and and a huge Beatles fan, huge music fan, huge music fan. Yeah, and um, and I I I've heard the stories about them going back and forth with each other, and kind of it being a friendly competition uh-huh. of you know they put out Beatles put out Rubber Soul, and then the Beach Boys respond with Pet Sounds, and then the Beatles respond with Revolver, and Beach Boys try to start writing Smile, which didn't actually ever come to fruition. Fruition. 2004, didn't it? it came out well, it, did, it finally did. Yeah, Brian Wilson did a solo version of it in uh-huh. 2004, which is oh. a phenomenal album. I uh-huh. recommend anybody owning that album. It's it's great. Um, and um, but at the time in 1966, when it was supposed to come out, he kind of had a nervous breakdown. Sure. They never finished the album. They released a couple singles from it, including "Good Vibrations," um, but the album itself didn't happen yeah um and and then they put out a a kind of abbreviated version of the album the producers did like a year later um beatles did sergeant peppers and of course the rest is history that's the kind of competition that you i mean we're all beneficiaries of that kind of competition yes some of the best albums yeah and to date fantastic written came out of that were written for that but um of course there's a lot of pain a lot of drama Oh, yeah. Uh, in Brian Wilson's life. You know, he had a very abusive father. Yes. Who, you know, give him his due, he's probably responsible for the success he of is. the Beach Boys. He is. Or, you know, he was a record producer. Right. And, uh, but he was also a very uh, physically violent man. Yes. Uh, known to fits of anger. And uh, Brian Wilson didn't have the uh, hearing in in one of his ears. Because his dad hit him so hard right. on, on the side of the head yeah. one time. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible dude. <laughs> but did get them started in the business. And, and you know, he was very dominating uh, as far as the their work, too. Oh, yeah. The right. first several albums, he was, the. I mean, he called the shots, basically. Right. And, um, but so, um, so focused on uh, getting a single. You know, very, right. very focused on, you know monetary success yes that um uh, it didn't fit with brian's uh artistic uh capability his 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 artistic drive yeah and they ended up what uh, uh legally separating, legally separating from, from him firing him and yeah legally separating and everything and that was um 
was that one or two albums before Pet Sounds? I think it was just a couple albums yeah, before Pet very, Sounds. Very, yeah. And um, <laughs> divorcing your father. Divorcing your father. Firing your father. Firing your father. I mean, that happens a lot. You hear of like the Jacksons and Britney Spears. Britney Spears. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, there's controlling parents, there's stage parents stage out there parents. everywhere. Yeah. Um, At every level. So I thought some of the ways they shot this film was really cool. So I, I didn't know. Um, and uh, and then I'm watching it wondering if this is the same. It's the same studio. So the studio that Pet Sounds was actually recorded the in actual studio. is where they shot the scenes uh-huh. of Pet Sounds being recorded. And uh, I just thought that was so cool, you know. And well, and Brian Wilson um, visited the set. He did. And was, like, thrilled, that, you know, to see, like, I mean, you know, how would you like to, you know, can you imagine? You become enormously successful later in life, right? And they do a movie of your life. And then you visit the set of that in the same place where it happened. Yeah. And all of us, you know, I mean, how surreal that must be. It's oh, all yeah. set up the way that you, you know, this is this is not how my living room was set up. Right. Know, or, exactly. <laughs> or it's exactly the or way. Or it's exactly yeah. the way. Um, we talked about his living room in this movie and, and in real life, of course, uh-huh. how um, he built a sandbox in the middle of his living room and put the piano in it. So that he could kind of feel the sand in his toes How as he was riding. That? I mean, you know. He's a beach boy. He's a beach boy. <laughs> Imagine the crew bringing that sand into the house, though. What the hell were oh, they yeah. thinking? What are we doing here? We don't normally do this. So. <laughs> what are we? Why are we bringing sand into this luxury house in California? What are we doing here? Well, you'd have to be pretty wealthy to afford, you know, uh, the cleanup on the that. The cleanup, right? exactly. Yeah. You'd always be vacuuming sand. Yeah. Or like you know, he gets up from the just to get a something out of the fridge and you track it everywhere. Sand into the oh, that'd be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> um, the uh, the real life Brian Wilson, of course, is is known to have some struggles and some disassociative dis, um, problems and stuff. And, well, yeah, and he got uh, beat up by his dad. Yeah, um, but I thought it was interesting to find out that he had a mild experience while watching this film. Yeah. Um, he kind of began to believe that Paul Giamatti was the actual Eugene Landy. And Which we was, haven't talked about. Right. Yet, right. But yeah. that's the uh, very shady psychiatrist. Shady psychiatrist that takes place in the 80s. And so this guy is like basically controlling Brian Wilson's life. Keeps him drugged. Keeps him drugged up. Keeps him write, you know, writing what he wants him to write. Right. And uh, taking co-credit. Yes. Co- uh, co-writing, saying that he helped write these songs. Right. When he didn't. He didn't, of course, no. And so, yeah, I mean, a very shady character that uh, that the real Brian Wilson, I'm sure, would love to forget about. Yeah. And, well, uh, but so he sees the film, right? Yeah. And you were saying. And he just ends up in absolute fear for several minutes during the film because, uh, you know, he's he's imagining Paul Giamatti as this real life character. He thinks he's the real. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's real, a lot of trauma. You know, I mean, it he, is. He was under a lot of trauma. You know, uh, a lot of stress. And, it, and it's this uh, the um, the love character, you know, the romantic character in this that she um, pulls him out of that. Yes. Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. She and she does great in this movie. Elizabeth well, that was Banks. one of uh, Brian Wilson. He said that was one of his favorite scenes. Yeah, he did. Was the the, the connection, the bond between. Uh, you know, the character that plays Brian, you know, uh, John Cusack plays yeah. Brian Wilson in later life uh, and the scenes between he and Elizabeth Banks, uh, you know, he, he thought 
that kind of nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's several great scenes between them and and uh but uh John Cusack, apparently the director, um his first choice to play the nineteen eighties Brian Wilson was uh-huh. John Cusack. But he got a little criticism criticism for it because people said John Cusack doesn't look like Brian right. Wilson at all. And they're right. 100%. They're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, uh, he but the director said, Well, he looks like him in a particular in this particular era of his life. Yes. But then Paul Dano, I think, uh, does really well. He does, uh, yeah. You know, in, he, as the young I will Brian say, in, in my personal opinion, he Paul Dano outperforms John Cusack in yeah. this. I, I think he just does. I would agree. I think he does. Um, I, I love John Cusack. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. And, uh, you know, in the real yeah. 80s, he was making uh, some... Great uh, yeah. cult classics. Better Off Dead <laughs> or uh, uh, Say Anything. Say Anything. And, of course, I, I even enjoy um, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. A guilty you know. pleasure. Um, I thought it was funny that they didn't interact during the movie, Paul Dano and John Cusack. Um, right. The, the director, Bill Pol- Polin, Polin um, uh, I can't remember his I'll last name. I'll go with that. Sure. Um, didn't want the actors to perform just as an impression of Wilson. He wanted them to come uh. up with some original character traits. And uh, he encouraged them not to hang out during the movie. Yeah. Which is Well, you hear about this all the time. It's like um, in Animal House, uh, the director, he kept uh, the the Omegas away from the Delta right. people so that they would you know, create a real rift between the two. You know, right. uh, it's just they, they feel that, that off-screen chemistry uh, translates to the screen. And I'm not sure it does. I mean, it's called acting. Right. Right? <laughs> I exactly. I think they can still be friends. And then when it, when the, you know, call for action happens, you can become somebody else. Right. Uh, we were talking about Eugene Landy and how controlling he was in the 80s and how he took credit for a lot of Brian Wilson's work. Yeah. And um, in the 1980s, while this was going on, Eugene Landy attempted to organize... A, um, a biopic a biopic of Wilson's life entitled Love and Mercy at the time mm-hmm. um, with William Hurt playing Brian Wilson and Richard Dreyfus playing Eugene Landy. Nice. Uh, Dreyfus would be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not great. sure. I love William Hurt, but... Um, but is, yeah, as Brian yeah. Wilson, I don't know. But, but then later, what, they... they uh, In the 90s, they and there was another um, biopic that was... Planned um, with Jeff Bridges as Brian Wilson, which I think, you know, much I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Although, too. I mean, uh, I think uh, probably that character he's being drugged uh, that uh, it might be a little too close to the dude, the dude from Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, but he, if anybody could pull it off, it'd be Jeff Bridges, of course. I think. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and Paul Dano actually. He does lip sync some during this movie, mm-hmm. but he actually does sing for real um, right. in, in some of this movie as well. And um, and then there's also clips of this movie of the real Brian Wilson. Uh, it's a very interesting movie how it's all edited and laid out and put together and everything. And yeah, you see um, that like the scenes you know, that it, they're in the studio and uh, uh, recording for Pet Sounds and. Paul Dano, um, I guess he did a lot of research on this, of course, but um, he's um, a musician himself, 
and uh, many of the the actors in in that scene are musicians. Yes. And he's actually he's really going through and he's directing them and telling them, you know, what he wants in in this next song and and uh, and then spicing in a few actual quotes from Brian Wilson right. from uh, a couple of documentaries that were shot at the time in the studio. Yeah. One of the lines that Paul Dano says that apparently was a complete or direct um, quote from Brian Wilson was, we got to get a horse in here or something like that. <laughs> and uh, apparently during the recordings, Brian Wilson tr- attempted to get a, a horse in the studio. Pet sounds. Pet sounds. Right. To get some audio of him and, and to take pictures for the for the album cover. Oh, yeah. And uh, they didn't end up getting the horse. Just but spoiler. He was doing that like the Beatles, you know, uh, bringing in all kinds of different sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know, pet sounds. But uh, he's bringing in a lot of uh, different um, things that, you know, noisemakers or right. uh, telephones or, or all of this to, because he could, he composed in his head. Yeah. Like Mozart. You know, right. You see Amadeus, uh, you know, he's, he's not sitting at a piano writing. He's, you know, uh, at the billiard table and just basically, you know, writing it out yeah. freehand and it's all composed in his head. And Brian Wilson did basically the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Linda Ronstadt told a story uh, that uh, uh, she knew Brian Wilson fairly well and said that uh, a big inspiration for his work was um, a song by the Ronettes. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Be My Baby. Be My Baby, okay. And, you know, it's got that wall of sound, Phil Spector. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was something that he, you know, something that Brian Wilson went back to all the time and that he would sit at the piano and, and play it furiously. And then he came up with a very complex uh, piece of uh, music for the Pet Sounds album. Yeah. Um, but at the same time as he's playing. So he could calculate, he could do all that in his head while he's also playing a wholly, totally different song right. on the piano. Yeah. That's crazy. We were talking about Paul McCartney dreaming the song yesterday yeah. just waking up with it in his head wish i could just dream some million dollar wouldn't idea. that be nice yeah he's asking people hey have you heard this song before i, I I've, I've got this tune you know <laughs> that's not not my best really. <laughs> yeah it wasn't i do a better it ringo. wasn't terrible i do a better ringo better ringo i'm the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time <laughs> that's pretty good that's not bad um Paul Dano actually gained some weight to play Brian Wilson in this movie. Yeah. And uh, later on went, on went on to say that um, he tore a ligament in his knee because of the extra weight while he was playing basketball. Uh-huh. Just don't play basketball. Don't play basketball while you're getting ready for a <laughs> role, man. Yeah, he, he said uh, he, he added 4,500 calories, what, a week? A day. Uh, a, a day. day. Yeah. Is that not normal? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, well, how do you get, I want to get on that diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Early in the film, the, the older Brian Wilson, the John Cusack uh-huh. uh, that plays, um, explains how Brian Wilson used to listen to the four freshmen constantly uh-huh. and just wanted to replicate that uh, harmonic, that sound. harmonic sound. And that's what he, when he, created the Beach Boys, and his, I mean, like we said earlier, he and his right. dad uh, created the Beach Boys. 
um, out of family. It was, you know, it was three brothers and a cousin and, and, uh, Mike Love, Mike Love, uh, which we were not talking greatly about earlier (laughs) before we started this (laughs) podcast. We'll admit, um, I'll be honest and say that, uh, he was kind of the, uh, Rough patch of the of the Beach Boys, Rough if you patch. will. I don't yeah. know. That's well, a nice we'll way to leave put it, it at that. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, he he went on to say in interviews that he never clashed with Brian Wilson like he right. did, like this, it, like it it portrays in this movie. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you read any document uh, book doc, and you see any documentary anything about the Beach Boys, you know that those two clashed constantly. But he clashed with everyone. He clashed with everyone. He wanted. Everyone. He just wanted to tour. And be with the girls mm-hmm. and, you know, do surf in USA for the rest of his life. Right. And Brian Wilson, of course, wanted to write serious music. And even though his music sometimes had literal pet sounds in them. and, mm-hmm. and was, He's an innovator. He's an innovator. And, you know, he just wanted to be an artist. And Mike Love just wanted to be a rock and roll star. Right. You know, a, a roadie. Basically. And he got his wish. He did. He got his wish. Brian Wilson quit touring. Um in like January of 65. Yeah. And uh, just said, you guys go, you guys tour. Well, I'll write the songs. <laughs> you guys go tour them and I'll stay behind and write the next album. Yeah. And that way we're constantly just going right from one album to the other. But then Mike Love comes back and he's complaining about the lyrics. He's complaining yes. about everything. Yeah. And he claims to have helped write the lyrics to Good Vibrations uh-huh. while calling it at the exact same time a nuclear disaster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's so. a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, From that and, dark and, place. And, yeah. And Bruce Johnston um, was the one who actually joined the band when Brian Wilson quit touring. Uh-huh. Um, he briefly appears in this movie, I think. Uh, You're right. There's, there's, he's yeah. not, he doesn't play a big part. But, yeah, uh, but yeah he, he joined the band. A lot of people think he's an original member because he's been with them so long, but he didn't right. actually join the band until Brian Wilson announced he was going to quit retiring. Well, in the I Wrecking mean, quit Crew, uh, touring. they used the Wrecking Crew, uh, yes. you know, uh, including like Glenn Campbell. Right. Was, you know, an early member or uh, close, I guess. He, yeah. he played a lot with the Beach Boys. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of other bands at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Wrecking Crew, you can you can look them up. They're 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 pretty well known. I think yeah. they played on a couple Bob Dylan tunes. Oh, everybody, everybody, in the 60s. everybody yeah, in the sixties. Um, the uh, fem- the lady that's the bassist for the oh yeah, the um, Carol Kay. She uh, yeah, she comes up with that great bass line on uh, Sonny and Cher. Uh, the beat goes on. Beat goes on. Yeah, yeah, she just thought the the beat the bass line that they they had for that was just really boring. Right. So you know, boom, 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 boom. You know. Yeah. She came up with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Wrecking Crew was a great group of musicians. In fact, one of the one of the guitarists I saw a documentary on this. Uh, one of the guitarists for the Wrecking Crew came up with I can't remember what band it was. Um, you know, you've heard of them, I'm sure, but he he came up with a, a guitar riff that was uh, so complex that the actual band couldn't when they go to perform <laughs> it live. Right, uh, they could they rarely it. get it right. Oh you know? wow. Wow, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. The Brian Wilson quoted from the actual session tapes, and and Paul Dano repeats it in the movie. Um, These are some of the best musicians in the bid in the business, but nobody knows them. Yeah, that's that was the wrecking crew. They were totally anonymous. They were, 
And uh, it's like I compare it to the band, uh-huh. like the the group, the band, right? Um, who were Bob Dylan's backing band forever, and then all of a sudden, no one had heard of them, and then all of a sudden, they go and make their own albums, completely original, with, have some hits and everything, and and people are like, where did these guys come from? It's like, no, they've been around forever. <laughs> they've been playing with some of the greatest musicians. Love Levon Helm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I just saw him today. I was flipping channels and caught. The right stuff. He's a great actor as well as a great uh, drummer. Yeah. Leave on Helm. Now, we were talking a little bit about Good Vibrations and, and the album Smile. The, the, like I said, the original release of, of Smile is kind of an unfinished album uh-huh. um, that the producers put out. Um, and uh, and the really, you know, good, good Vibrations is one of the few truly finished songs on the album. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's still good, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not by any means a bad album. Yeah. But the 2004 Brian Wilson solo, when he finally finished the album that he heard in his head, as we were talking about, he composed in his yeah. head. The album that he heard in his head, when he released that in 2004, I mean, I... I had to buy it twice because I put so many scratches on that CD, putting it in and out of my car stereo. Uh-huh. I mean, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal album. And the real Good Vibrations master tape is lost. <gasps> they lost it. Um, they went to go make a stereo remaster of it. Um, I don't. It doesn't say when, but they went to go make a stereo remaster of it, probably sometime in the 80s or 90s, uh-huh. and couldn't find it. It's just, it's just lost. Oh, well, Actual master awful. tape. Awful. I know. It's yeah. so crazy. Well, there's a lot of masters that were oh, yeah. stuck in a tin building. Uh, I think it was 20th Century Fox, uh, uh, their lot. Mm-hmm. And when they had you know wildfire, what, 15 years ago, yeah. uh, all these great, like all of those old jazz uh, masters for chess, oh, yeah. the, the chess label, uh, all went up in flames. Wow. Um, you know, uh, huge uh, artists, you know, dating back to the 20s, but also, you know, right up until, you know, not long before the fire. Yeah. Uh, all lost in wow. this one tin building because, you know, they, they didn't put any money into preserving right. it. It's like if it's not making money today. Right. You know, we, we're not going to spend any money on it to preserve yeah. it. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we are out of time. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. I want to give a quilt shout, quick shout out to Richard Massad, who sent in a great celebrity photo this week with Buck Taylor. Oh yeah, uh, Gunsmoke and Tombstone and Yellowstone and uh, I didn't say it in the in the, uh, in the show, but um, I I have a similar picture with Buck. Oh Taylor. really? Yeah, because uh, the year that we won a Wrangler Award for uh, Back in Time, um, uh, he was one of the presenters. Right. And he had gotten a Wrangler Award. So we're standing backstage uh, getting our pictures take, you know, on that, you know, like a backdrop. And uh, I just got an opportunity to stand there and talk to him a little bit, you know. And, and uh, yeah, his pictures uh, were both holding our Wrangler Award. He was telling me, we were working on a show about the 101 Ranch at the time. And he was telling me about the guy that played Sam the Bartender, you know, the real craggy-faced uh, yeah. guy who was on Gunsmoke Forever. Um, that he had been a bulldogger out at the 101 Ranch oh, wow. up north of Ponca City. And that uh, when he left to go to Hollywood, this guy that played Sam, I don't know his, the actor's real name, uh, 
he he continued bulldogging, only he was doing it on motorcycles. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Out in California. Out in California. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, please tune in next week. Next week, we've got a very special show. Oh, yeah. Um, August 12th. Um, we're, this year marks our 35th anniversary on the air. We started years. in 1988. And uh, so we're having a special about that and going to show the movie Hoosiers. Yeah, that's um, a good one. So that's a pretty good one. Yeah. So, Gene Hackman, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, great, yeah. great movie. Uh, so Barbara um, Hershey, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so join us for that. And uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113. Or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And, of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn. <laughs>